Eventually Super Train, episode 149. I'm your main host, Dan. This is a short-lived TV show podcast covering short-lived TV shows that never got enough love. Eventually we will cover Super Train. In this episode, we... Well, it's not... I was going to say it's a very special episode. It's actually not a very special episode. It's just a slightly different episode. Instead of three segments, there are two. And there are two because Lucan which the great Amanda Reyes and I are discussing, had two seasons, a seven-episode one and then a four-episode one. And season one completed, uh, we completed in the last episode. And so to sort of give you a feel for um, a break in a season, you know, several months and that kind of thing, there's no Lucan in this episode. Lucan will return with season two, episode one, in episode uh, 150. Hey, 150, the next one. And, uh, and I know what you're thinking. Dan, if you were doing this sort of properly, what you should have done is you and Amanda should have covered Lucan episode one. Then you should have spent the next 11 to 12 episodes covering the San Pedro Beach Bums and then gone back to Lucan with episode two. And I say that because if you know the way, and, and I already said this, I think, on the Lucan discussions, but I'll just say one more time here. Lucan episode one aired in like early September 77. And then for the next 11, 12 weeks, in the time slot of Lucan, they aired a show called a comedy called The San Pedro Beach Bums. Then when San Pedro Beach Bums got canceled, they put Lucan back on in its place. And I think I discussed what aired in Lucan's place for the rest of the season in the previous episode, so I won't go into it there. But yeah, technically, pedantically, I maybe should have thrown San Pedro Beach Bums in between uh, should have thrown it under the bus. No, it should have thrown it in between one and t- episodes one and two of season one. I didn't. Sue me. This one is the break in between season one and two of Lucan. So this uh, episode is going to start off with the great Mr. Christopher Blyde and myself discussing Galactica Discovers Earth, episode three. And then I will be discussing Gemini Man, episode eight, which I currently don't remember the name of, but I can look real quick. And it's, I still don't know the name of it, Targets. And uh, and yeah, that's the long and the short of this episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. It's two segments, so it's going to be a shorter uh, shorter episode. And uh, we're going to dive right now into Galactica uh, Discovers Earth, episode three. Or part three, I'm sorry, part three. And um, here's a little Galactica 1980 theme. Galactica Discovers Earth, Episode 3, or Part 3, Episode 3 of Galactica 1980. Directed by Sidney Hares, written by Glenn A. Larson. Original air date of February 10th, 1980. And this begins with Troy, Dillon, and Jamie, uh, the reporter, and some guy uh, back in Nazi Germany, 1940s, and Xavier's there trying to advance human civilization by giving the Nazis the V2 uh, rocket. And um, it's up to our gang to stop that from happening. Spoiler, they do stop that from happening relatively quickly. And then they all head back to 1980 where Xavier tries to get in touch with Robert Reed's scientist character. And 
and the ships reappear in the field, and that little kid comes back into it, and they have to, uh, the, and, the, and the, uh, the Air Force or someone takes their ships, and they have to talk to the little kid who saw the ships, and blah, 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 and all sorts of things. Basically, if you were to watch all three episodes in order, in quick succession, like one right after the other, or maybe strung together as like a feature-length thing, the, this episode is basically clearing up all the plot lines for the previous two episodes, which, um, watch in order might be satisfying, but it's we'll talk about whether or not it's actually satisfying watches a third part of something. But anyway, that's Galactica Discovers Earth, uh, Episode 3, Part 3. And on the other side, Christopher Bly and I are talking all over it. Listen to this. Episode 3 of Galactica 1980, Episode 3 of Galactica Discovers Earth, the finale of the big opening salvo of Galactica 1980, and I'm here, as always, with Mr. Christopher Bly. Sir, how are you? Discovery! One, two, three! He's here, ladies and gentlemen, and we're having fun. We're talking, we're, 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 let, let me, let me just jump right in here. Oh, oh, just, just one thing, um... What did you think of Galactica Discovers Earth Episode 3 as an episode and as a closing part of the whole schmagaggy? Well, and basically combining a lot of things in this, you know, basically. Uh, well, first off, we start the show with all of a sudden we go from Galactica 1980, Galactica 1980, to somehow, and these computer letters says, Battlestar Galactica! It doesn't say 1980 on the beginning of this part here, so that was kind of like a little bit of a surprise. But also, too, in this, now with their compilation of clips from the last two parts, we actually show the what was, was supposed to be the invasion of the Cylons hitting L.A. It's now been incorporated into the credits, mm-hmm. at least on this episode right here. Um, and uh, so you have that. Now we kind of – I kind of think of, you know, Xavier – well it's, well, it's also, too, Adama's got the, I think he has it as a caviar, you know, like or something like that. His great pronunciation, Adama's got, always sounds like, you know, we talked about trap and crap. And that's where we've got Xavier <laughs> and his caviar, 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 caviar. It's like you say caviar, and that's why I said, well, you know, he could be a dead fish, as we're starting to notice <laughs> where he places in this world with everything, and what happens in this episode, particularly with... Richard Lynch, who we see in one, and we're not so sure about his uh, position, but the third certainly shows some true colors going mm-hmm. on there in this mm-hmm. last part. Yeah. Uh, and we go back to the action that we were left with over in World War II, because somehow this show wanted to go into a little time warp territory. I figured this might be another avenue if certain things in the present day are not exactly going at, up to speed or anything. Mm-hmm. So, well, we could go into another time and figure maybe there's another problem out, you know, Basically, you know, going kind of a time tunnel route and kind of going a different way with a lot of flashing lights, uh, some very uh, 70s computer music going into yes. it with some mm-hmm. with some twists and turns there. And we do get in this episode our first Fregelgarb on this one. Yes, yes, uh, yes we do. And it's Barry Van Dyke that says it. So for all of you betters out there, it wasn't Adam 12 pulling this one off. Yeah. <laughs> And what's weird, though, too, is that I'm looking at Christopher Stone, who basically was introduced as our guest star from the last episode mm-hmm. coming into this one, and also to our sole canon guest star out of this. Um, somehow, as we, as I had said before, with Kent McCord channeling Harry Hamlin, I think kind of um, Christopher Stone's kind of channeling Tom Atkins in this. That's what I thought. 
That's what square I face, yeah. mm-hmm. kind of uh, yeah. the execution, the way he is. Also, yeah. too, we also are full of recap in this one. And in this mm. recap, it's funny to notice that the guy who's doing the announcing on that, and he would end up doing this on season two of Buck Rogers, he happens to be the same guy who was the announcer on Police Squad. <laughs> And somehow, like I said, there are certain elements that could be addressed in the Zucker, Abrams, Zucker universe <laughs> as you watch some of this particular yes. tale here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I um, I I think it's um, it's it's an interesting ending to the three parter because first off, they they wrap up the German stuff pretty quick. Uh, it's about I, I again I, I looked at the timer here. It's sixteen minutes into the episode. They're heading back to nineteen eighty. So that meant the the World War II portion was basically one full episode, mm. and so they return to our time, and it's it's kind of weird when they return to our time because you think, okay, what do they need to accomplish? But sort of what you think they need to accomplish, they don't really accomplish. It's a lot of other stuff like stopping Xavier from taking Robert Reed. It's getting um, our reporter friend Jamie back to wherever she needs to be. It's trying to get away from a cop. It's getting their ships back when they land them in the field and they get taken by the government. It's lasers that we find out is not just stun, you actually can destroy in this one. And Barry Van Dyke actually does uh, able to succeed in foiling a bit of the change plans that Xavier is trying to do here. Also, too, Richard Lynch around that same time was doing a movie called The Formula. And he sort of plays kind of a similar character, sort of a German in that one. So I wonder if that might have been on the mindset either with him getting cast in that movie or maybe with that thing going on at the same time. I, I was just, I was just I have the episode on here and they're in the diner and a jukebox is about to play some music and they're going to shoot the jukebox. Shoot, shoot up the jukebox. Uh, yeah. Shoot up the jukebox. And it's weird because I, um, I think this episode works better as a third part that you would have watched a week later. Because when I get to the last half hour or so, and they're in the diner, and they find the ship, and the government's there, and Xavier's doing his thing with Robert Reed, and then they have to go to that um, uh, government facility, and then they take the kid to his school, and he makes that kid, that kid invisibly tickles one of the evil kids from Bloody Birthday, (laughs) and the kid, who also was the little kid who plays the killer in the killer in the opening of Hospital Massacre, um... (sighs) And, and all these scenes keep happening after they return from back in time, but none of them are actually pushing ahead the main thing that's supposed to be happening. It, it, this is supposed to be about them trying to get to the scientists and trying to set everything up so they can return to Earth. But none of what's happening the last half hour is doing that. And it's, it's keeping it's, a lot of stuff in neutral, basically, is what it, it's doing. Ex- exactly. Not only that, I feel like, you know, when you have the kids thing, it's basically from an after-school special, basically. You know? it's, 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 it's basically... You know, sp- yeah, it's like, Mommy, I saw a spaceship. You're going to see that, like, on uh, preempting the people's court <laughs> in order to be, like, you know, an after-school special right there on ABC. Right? And, and it, it is very much that they... um. Because they have to go to the kid because they're, they're going to ask the kid where they were, um, where the government took the spaceship. And I do like the fact that when the kid's like, well, I'm not sure I should tell you, the the reason that, that Troy and Dylan give for why you should tell them is, well, it's it's our spaceship. <laughs> you know, the government may have taken it, but it, it belongs to us. So mm. <laughs> you should tell us because it's ours. And they I'm basically surprised, stole like, the, it. The filmmakers of 
network, I'm surprised did not didn't uh, sue the show because they said, oh yeah, UBS, you're not at broadcasting. Uh, and I said, like, wait a minute, you know, or is it UBN in this one case? Well, it could also <laughs> forward for UPN in that case. And mm-hmm. let's see how the broadcasting goes there. Speaking of Gemini Man, in that case. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, but so, um, so it's yeah. it, it it ends up being a weird episode because they wrap up that Nazi thing. They do save a couple boxcars full of people, which um, I guess makes us feel okay. Again, mm. that that Nazi section because they because it's not very long, and because they split it across two episodes, as as it stands now, it feels kind of insignificant, like mm. a little blip in the episode rather than something really important. Um, at least that's the way it felt to me because it just it and at one point it's almost like okay let's let's wrap it up and get back to the first storyline we we get it we get what you're doing but it it ends up it, it's almost like if the if the first part had ended with hey we know you want to talk to the scientists but Xavier's gone back in time and he wants to help the Nazis win World War Two and the second episode was that yeah and- I think it would have worked better. It could have, and also at the same time, too, is that, well, the third part, we get to see how he hails a cab, and basically he gets the most privileged cop escort that, that to the was... address, take me to your leader. They don't have anything to say or put him in cuffs or anything else like that. No, they just assume he's just somebody who just needs a ride. You know, yes, and they take him there, and that's kind of, it's it's amusing, and it's also um, it's also a little odd. But it's interesting, too, because, of course, now when he shows up to the location with Robert Reed at it, there are cops there. And it's basically also to like a full attack on stun. A lot of people get stunned yes. in this particular episode. Almost like, like I said, if you want to just kind of like match that up with the Cylon invasion, yes. you know, that we see from part one, I said, well, we got something similar that happens in part three, but somehow they never run out of their stun stuff. I wonder why that is, or how is it that they get to refill on these things? I, I, ca- they I they kept never really about explain that. it. Because there's, cause there's one shot where like, I want to say like six guys are running at them and they just shoot them down. Like in mm. two seconds, and I thought, you know what, that your invisibility thing goes after twenty four hours. How 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 many stun shots you got in there? Because mm. it seems it seems maybe it's some sort of uh, constant recharging thing. I don't know. They never mentioned it, but I frankly got worried. Not only that, but also none of them ever got stunned themselves. So mm. somebody didn't exactly go reverse on their little yeah. weapon to see like where it goes. And like sometimes it looks like they're shooting out a flare or they're shooting out with a trigger. Yes. We're never sure. You know, on that one. But you know, they're kind of working it the way that they do. Now, here's the oddest thing about anything. We get to the finish of this episode, and they're talking to Robert Reed. Uh, I think Robert Reed was kind of like the victim of looping here, because in this particular episode, towards the end, because you know, we're always so worried you know, about that, you know, there's always that Mr. Brady vibe to him, always with that voice, no matter what. Uh-huh. But all of a sudden, when it gets to, like, the last things that he's about to say to, as we're leaving his character... It kind of sounds a bit more like Leslie Nielsen than it does Robert Reed. It seems like his voice <laughs> got deeper. And I said, like, well, basically, you know, if you have, like, the ultimate, like, link to, like, airplane there. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. On one of these parts there, you had one of the gals go, or one of them say, like, he's coming right on us. And I said, great. <laughs> Way to kind of give a tip of the hat to a former guest star, Lloyd Bridges. Yes. <laughs> well, going in from the Galactica show to Galactica 1980. Because, yeah. yes, he's coming right at us. He's coming right uh it's 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 it is a really weird episode i mean because it 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 at 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 one moment as i I was out walking this morning and i was thinking about 
the 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 last like twenty minutes or so of the episode where it's just it's it's almost one damn thing after another, but it's not kind of in in the fun way like in a Bob Zemeckis film like in the Back to the Futures or Used Cars or even Romancing the Stone you know we're like. Um, you know, like the end of, of the Back to the Future films, each one of them has like something and then something else and then something and it just gets crazier. It's crazier and nuttier and it's so much fun. At least I think it's so much fun. Whereas it's this, it kind of does the opposite. Uh, with each new thing they do, I got a little more tired. Yeah, and, and also kind of like, this is kind of odd. You know, it's like, we're, like I said, like it's going from it's the... It's neutral. Okay, yeah. are we looking to help the people on Earth or are we looking to time travel? Which one is it? You know, it's or, like... Or now that we arrived on Earth, are we just looking to get off of Earth? Mm. And it's 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 so weird because I, I guess part of it would like the Back to the Futures or used cars, like the great ending of used cars with the cars in the desert and stuff like that. There's just like this this big that's building classic, that's exci- yeah, absolute classic, and it's building and it's crazy and everything like that. And this has a lot of stuff happening and a lot of things going on, but then when it it, but it it feels like instead of getting bigger and bigger, it's getting smaller and smaller. And it could have used the shot of both Joe Flaherty and Grandpa Al Lewis, but of course we get that in used cars and not here. Yeah, that's and that's too bad. It could have used Michael McKee and David Lander also, but that's that ain't happening. Well, that also would have. Well, it actually probably could have been possible, being that both of them were on the same network. True. So they could have had yeah. basically the Gary Marshall verse and the Larson verse could have actually could have had kind over, of a yeah. kind of like a you know here's our peace offering. This is our armistice. Mm-hmm. Somehow we get to and like look they're going time travel so they might as well be included in it you know mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 a weird episode because it didn't um I thought when I got to the end I'd have some feeling of okay we've taken a first step now let's where do we go from here but at the end of this all we get is Xavier went back to the 1770s and mm-hmm. he's going to try to mess with the American Revolution and uh J- is it I keep forgetting your name. Jamie makes a joke about Ben Franklin. Mm. And even though they, they made a point in the previous episode of the fact that they don't know the past well at all, they all laugh at the Ben Franklin joke. And Lauren Green like wa- waves his finger and goes, Jamie. Jamie. And the episode yeah. ends, and I thought, what was that? Well, like every, everyone they, suddenly forgot what have, show they were on. They have all the computers in the world that they could learn about it. You know, it's like, you so if they think... want to prep themselves up about it, they can. It's, it's it, it almost reminds me of like, like, you know, back back when I was growing up in the in the eighties, you know, if you wanted to know about if if I wanted to, if I was watching Green Acres and I wanted to know how many epi- and I was recording it on Beta every day, Monday mm. through Friday, as I was doing, and I wanted to know how many episodes there were, I wanted to know what episodes I didn't have. It was almost impossible, yeah, for almost, you to I, find that. Nowadays, I can go on at least three different websites in thirty seconds. And mm. find all that information, and yet there are still people who don't know how to do that. And that's what made me like think that these are the precursor of those people who are like, "How did you How did you find that out so easily?" Um, there's a thing called the internet, mm. you know, and and I, I I could in four seconds I could find things out faster. You know, it would take me weeks to find stuff out. Somebody didn't come in time travel you on that case on that it's, on that, it, it, thing, it, it, which exactly. they could have on this one. But here's the other thing, too. When you look at an episode like that, when they say, like, oh, I went back to World War II, and then I'm going back to the 1600s, 1800s, whatever the, the years that they were going to, I said, you know, you had some of these specials that always said at the other, 
for, to learn more about these things, yes. go to your local library. Voyager did that at the end of yeah. every episode. Yeah, and practically every like Channel Two special too. It's like you know when you had that on primetime. Like you know you can learn here from the library. Hey, it, it, you pay nothing, you get to read it, you get to educate yourself. Get a book, read it up there. You'll be glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be glad you did. And it's 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 funny actually now that now that I, I mentioned Voyagers, the first episode of Voyagers, the premise is that after the two of them team up, the first thing they do is they go Bog and Jeffrey. I believe it's been a while since I watched Voyagers, but since I, I've seen it too. But I just I, knew that they were just like the flying travelers, you know. They weren't yes. they were flips like the time tunnel, but they were more like you know coming at you kind of. Yes, like exactly. Flight. And in the very first episode, they are sent to uh, World War Two. Every World... time they're hooked to World War Two. I want to say it's World War Two. I, I was actually about to say it could have been World War One. Very mm-hmm. early planes, but I think it was World War Two, and they're they're meant they're in uh, German occupied for, uh, or just you know Nazi occupied France, and they have to like rescue like a, 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 a U.S. flyer, but when they get there, they discover that although the flyer is there and they they get him out, he doesn't he he says we don't have planes, the Nazis mm-hmm. are the only ones that have planes, and like what what do you mean? And they and and Jeffrey says well what about the Wright brothers the who? And so they have to go back to the Wright brothers because something went wrong in time with them and they didn't go to Kitty Hawk and do the flight. And so the first third of the episode is them in World War II. The middle third is them going back, fixing the Wright brothers problem. Then the last third is them going and finishing up the World War II thing. And that was a lot of fun and exciting and and rather charming. This, not as much. Um, and, and, also, and, and like I said, there were some good music choices by Stu Phillips. I do have to admit yes, that. You know? no, oh, yes. Yeah, Stu's and, generally. And and the, the, the motorcycles kind of hint, are these guys going to go a chip's route at some point there? You know, That's Are we going to run into Punch and John because they are in L.A. after all? They but also, be. here's the other thing. The other thing about, you know, voyages when you mention that is, you know, they're always looking at the – well, you got to remember something. They went back to wrong or right. And remember, if you have to correct something with the Wright brothers, you have to turn a left. So there you go. <laughs> I almost feel like that should be the end of this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I want to leave it on that, but I think mm. um, I, I, I feel like I should ask, do you have anything else on this one? Just because it is the end of the first big Galactica 1980 story. Just, well, I guess, overall thoughts on the whole, the whole thing. Put yeah, to, well, it's put it together. Yeah, with Xavier going rogue and Jamie joining them. Because basically, yeah, there's the setup of, okay, okay Jamie's going to be with us for... Hopefully other episodes, unless this was her one like, oh, yeah, let's welcome her in, and then you don't hear from them again or what have you. And, you know, of course, you have the same stock footage of the bridge. We don't really see it that brightly this time yes. around. And it doesn't change its color that much time around. Also, too, we did get a little blip from Boomer. Again, mm. it's going to be a Boomer blip on that <laughs> way. Which is, I said, this is the way that the rest of the show is going to go. I said, like, well, he pops in there and go, like, hey, we know he's part of our universe Yay! still. Hey, you know, but maybe not much else after that. But other than that, it's left the way that it is and say, okay, we hope they get a little more adventurous on this because they've finally found Earth, you know, mm-hmm. but how much further that they want to go with this remains to be seen. Now, like I said, they tried to go the time route and they went to the let's help us on earth route but now it's like are they forever going to be outsiders or the ones like oh if we can only put these guys in jail we'll save ourselves and everything else yes. like this it's right that they become now I'm, I'm surprised with all the invisibility nobody drops water on them you know but that's 
<laughs> I haven't figured that one out. You know, it's, we haven't I'd exactly love... got, we haven't gone into like uh, memoirs of an invisible man territory yet. But, you know, <laughs> so be it. You know. Yeah, it's. I guess at the end of the third episode, I'm no closer to figuring out exactly what this show's supposed to be about than I was at the end of the first. But and hopefully, I f- feel like I should. But hopefully, we've got we could get an answer to that going into the rest of the episodes that we're going to be going into. Hopefully, so. I, I am hoping it's That's it's, hope. kind, it's it's kind, it's kind of weird because you 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 got them to the I I. I would almost... It's weird that this episode is called Battlestar Galactica because I feel like we should have watched it in the previous chat we had because technically it's called Battlestar Galactica. And they have it with the computer letters, the computer yes, fonts. Yes, it's slightly too. odd. Yeah. Um, it's like, did, did we want to say like, oh, this is one that's remaining from our last universe and it is mm-hmm. part three of our thing here. But somehow all the other ones had Galactica 1980. Kind of like, yeah. like I said, well, we always said that there was an airplane link to this and of course yes. all the airports were all... Airport 75. Yes, Airport 77. So, and the Concord. Uh, Airport which, 79. <laughs> you know? So it's like, okay, so we're going 1980 on this one? Like, the, does, it, does it really go d- distance when we put the year before that or not? You know, yeah, that's the that's question. true, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I had one more thing, and now I forgot what I, I was. Um, something great, I bet. Wait a minute, give me a second. No, I don't remember what it was. There was one more thing mm. I was going to mention about... Um, Oh, oh no! I, I it was actually it. I I kind of really wish that they would have discovered Earth at the end of the previous season. Mm. I mean, because we get that we get that, and, and you mentioned at one point, does that mean Battlestar Galactica is set in the the fifties? Because, because they said thirty, 30 years, years later, like they said yeah. thirty years later. But also, well, uh, here's the other thing that comes out of this: all three parts here. We swear that they see something, they're involved with something, and they're like, oh, you know, those young people, they're all on the funny stuff, you know? So basically, I mean, you get to the bikers, the little kid, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, they got a little, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing there. <laughs> There's a little something going on there. Like, ah, it's okay, um, you know, these kids, they go through the funny stuff these days, you know? It's, <laughs> it's okay, it's all right. It's all right, know? it's all right, kids. It's a calm down. Calm down. So, so yeah, there is the thing where, like, in the last episode, the previous one, they heard the um, the uh, the moon landing stuff, right? And that's 1969, and so I'm confused now because it can't be 30 years if that was 1969. This is not, but maybe it could be. Maybe they were hearing something coming back through time, or maybe, maybe. they were not expecting us to actually be seeing the show at this time. Yes. Figuring, will everybody figure that out? Like, it's always like the great big Planet of the Apes flaw, where you, you know they. They went to 3978 in mm-hmm. the first movie, and then all of a sudden in the second movie, they said, like, oh, yeah, I, I took an Earth time reading before re-entry. It's like, what did you read? 3955. So did you miss, did you miss like, Taylor by, like, 23 years? <laughs> yes. Because yes. you certainly were living out there all that time with a beard and all of a sudden finally discover Nova, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, it is I, – I, I think – I I I think my my problem is that I would have loved if the, if the previous season and then I'll stop the previous yeah. season had ended with oh my gosh we found Earth and elation and excitement and then it ended and this season began with okay here's what we have to do but instead the previous season ended with we're nowhere near Earth this began with oh my god we found Earth we're so excited and then immediately <laughs> you're like. <laughs> Okay, well, what, so what's happening? And then you spend we spend three episodes. I mean, we putting putting everything together. It's about two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah, we spend accomplishing almost nothing, and that's tricky for a show that you know already has had a budget slashed tremendously and is not doing 
wasn't doing terribly well in the ratings by the end of its run. And it's it's tricky that you would not give people more. I mean, the implication at the end of the episode is this is going to now a time travel show. And but also, too, it's I, like at that, that point where they begin, and it's like it kind of re- reminisces a little bit of Meet the Parents there where they go with, like, Mr. Jinx, like, we found you! Mm. We found you in yes. this case, you know, so you got you got that, and then it's well. The thing that I would have liked also too at the end of the Galactica run before we got to 1980 mm-hmm. was basically you know that that point is like look we actually see Earth and then you know they had some jumping around and one of them jumped enough that they actually fell through the ship and there was some crises <laughs> and they had like a freeze frame like oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued on some other time or season. Yes, or or even or oh yeah yeah um, or like an end an ending where maybe it's not oh my gosh it's Earth but maybe an ending where like um, they they leave that that place they're in that lookout place they're in at the mm. end where they're and and maybe something where they like leave there and you hear the transmission mm. and then maybe like the camera is is focused on like the communicator and the background of space is out of focus and mm-hmm. what we're heading towards and then at the last moment the 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 focus shifts and off in the distance we see a little blue planet mm-hmm. and then it ends and like we end the season with was that earth question and mark re- you just had like that big question mark on there yeah, like you see at the end of the 66 the batman movie <laughs> The end? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I I wouldn't, well, I I think if, if I I wouldn't even mention it. I just say you hear the voice and then it comes up and you just see a planet in the distance and it freeze frames and you're sitting there just looking, or maybe it goes to black and then freeze frames to to, to add the little extra gravitas. Like you Mm. see it and go, is that earth? And then it goes to black and then the season ends. And then the next season begins with we're at earth. And you're like, it was earth, it was earth. But it's just like, like I said two episodes ago, everyone, I said, I'm wondering where this show is going to go and how it's going to do it. I've watched the first three episodes, and I'm none the wiser. Mm. So, uh, Chris, do you have anything else? That's Mr. about Dave. it. You know, but I said, you know, it's an intriguing beginning, but let's see yes. with the remaining episodes that we have to see just exactly how far they expected to go which way they wanted to go mm-hmm. and just, you know, do they follow the compass or do they start to create directions that don't exist in this world? We'll see. All right. So uh, again, thank you for joining me. And again, where are you online? Where are you in general? Are you, are you home? Are you all right? How do you feel? Uh, a little bit all over the place, if you will, you know, as kind of a here, there and everywhere kind of situation. But if you guys want to follow, just exactly what you know might be shared with all of you guys. You could find yours truly on Facebook.com slash Captain Bly. You could find me on Instagram and Twitter under the same uh, Captain Bly76. You can also find me under that name on Letterboxd, where you can see some of my reviews that I've posted throughout the last couple of years. And thank you again. And I just I have the episode playing right here, and um, Xavier just got in the car with the police officers, and in the background you could see a big sign for an adult bookstore. Yes. How appropriate. Yes. Yes. When it's Richard um, Lynch, I think you could figure that that somehow makes sense. Of that. You go from there. So uh, thank you again. And and next up, I don't know what episode is next up. Let me let me look to see if I can see here. Um, dang it, it's too dark. I'm sitting in a dark room. Next up is the oh dear. The Super Scouts. Ooh, the Super Scouts. Will they get new uniforms? Could it come from Planet Krypton? All this and more next. We've got the Super Scouts. 
Oh, maybe they just ditch Earth and go to Krypton. Wouldn't that be funny if they went to Krypton, settled there, and then they met a guy named Jor-El who said, <laughs> Take off, leave now. And some badges, some badges and, a good, and a badges and a good deed. There's going to be trouble in about scouts, an hour. Yes. So uh, th- thank you again, and I'm going to go on. Let's, let's wrap up this every, uh, episode, everyone. Let's uh, let's go to me. Gemini Man, episode eight, targets. In the uh, the French one, it's ciblés, c-i-b-l-e-s, ciblé. Uh, this one unaired by the network, directed by Michael Caffey, written by James Carlson and Terence McDonald. And as always, let me read you my um, my online review that I published back September tenth, twenty fifteen, and then I will just give you some updates after that. I'm going to keep it simple, I'm trying to keep this episode short. We can't really. You know, with the way the show normally works, we can't keep episodes as short as we're keeping this one. So it's kind of fun to see how short we can make it. So let's uh, let's dive right in. I will read you my review. Abby is only here in the opening and the closing. Take that as you will. Sam is sent behind enemy lines somewhere in Estonia via the San Fernando Valley. A British scientist, Dr. Valerie Dawson, wants to defect to the U.S., but she has a daughter, Nina, who's an archer champ and doesn't want to go. The scientist also has a handler named Victor who keeps a close eye on her. The handler is also Nina's archery coach. Yes, there is archery action in this episode. Sam sneaks into Estonia quite efficiently, but that darn Nina, who seems to have a crush on Victor, causes problems. In the end, mother and daughter get closer together through adversity, and Sam turns invisible a lot. This episode is the sort of thing that I thought Gemini Man was going to be from the start. Super Spy Sam sent everywhere to use his invisibility powers to protect the free world. But the show had been something different than that. The stories felt less impersonal and more like Intersect was a cool gang of of folks we were hanging out with. I liked that show very much. In the last four episodes, with one semi-exception, that show is gone. Super Sam, the super spy, is now here. Leonard is still here. He gets to ride in a helicopter. Unfortunately, as mentioned, Abby doesn't fit in here, apart from briefings and debriefings. Oh, well. The first time I watched this episode, I was very disappointed. What was hinted at in the previous episode, what I just described, was now reality. This is a generic action-adventure show with an invisible protagonist. For this review, I watched the episode again. Wonders will truly never cease. I quite enjoyed it. I'm not sure I would have stuck with this show beyond the remaining episodes if it had stayed like this. However, I had fun watching Targets. The scientist, the daughter, the coach, they're all okay. Nina starts off annoying but improves. Dr. Dawson starts out condescending but that wears off. And why be a jerk to the guy who just crossed enemy lines to rescue you? Adjust that attitude, lady. Victor starts off scary and then becomes sleazy when he seems to semi-encourage Nina's affections and then becomes scarier when he realizes what is happening. Dr. Dawson is a semi-noble reason for what she's doing. She was on our side and developed a biological weapon that she realized was too much for one side to have alone. So she went over the other side to give them the weapon so things would be even. But things in the the totalitarian nation aren't so great and she wants back. Sam is at his best in this episode, using his invisibility quite often, almost abandoning the 15-minute thing. Yeah, that's right. He turns invisible a lot 
in this episode over the course of a few hours and they never mention the 15-minute thing once. Uh, uh, Using invisibility quite often and pulling off little coups of escapism and fun. Plus, he's congenial and charming and then pissed when the scientist is rude to him and the daughter threatens everything. We don't normally see Sam angry and the look on his face when Nina is being whiny is great. He wants to help, but he doesn't want to be captured. Hey, if they take off his DNA stabilizer, they will learn a very big secret about him. I'm glad this episode surprised me. It's basically one long rescue mission, and it works. It may take some time to work past the cliches of the characters, but as long as one keeps their eye on Sam and lets the ride carry them along, it works. It's good. Again, this surprised the heck out of me. Maybe I'll love the rest of the episodes as much, and then I'll be really sad that we only have 12. But very grateful that they are available. Life is pretty cool sometimes. Well, first off, I didn't mention the reason why Valerie is redefecting. And that's because she now has an antidote to the nerve gas, which our side doesn't have. So she wants us to have it. Um, and they also didn't. And I also didn't mention in there that when she defects over to their side, they actually already have the nerve gas. So she defected over there um, to to um, give them something they already had. It's it's weird because she presents herself as being this peace loving woman. Who, you know, why did she defect to, why did she go over to the other side? The side that doesn't seem to be very pleasant. We learned from this episode isn't very pleasant. Why did she go to that side? Uh, To make sure that the sides were balanced. She wants peace. She would rather that everyone has the deadly nerve gas that kills everyone rather than not. And why is she coming back? Because now that side has something that our side doesn't have. So she wants to have it back. To me, she sounds like an opportunist who just wants to be on the side uh, of uh, uh, whatever side I think whatever side is more pleasant for her I, I think we're probably not getting something for why she defected there from Britain to Estonia in the first place in this in this, she, she makes it clear she, she says she says I'm doing this because of the antidote but then she talks a lot about uh, there's always someone watching me and I never get to leave the compound and I'm always right there and it's been that way for 12 years so while the I have the antidote sounds like a good reason, to me the I think I picked the wrong side to go to sounds like a stronger reason. It's it sounds like basically like it's it's weird. Like I've never heard that before. Like um, we've got someone who illegally, obviously illegally, and treasonously went over to the other side. Now they want to come back. Oh sure, come on back. I just. I mean, even even though she does have this antidote, apparently it's 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 a MacGuffin. It's mentioned several times. We see no proof of it. No, the nerve gas is not used in anything. She just tells us she has this, and and when her daughter says, "Well, why can't you just send it to them somehow? You know, give it to Sam Casey." Oh, it's not that easy. Well, yeah, it's not that easy because you also don't want to be there anymore. So, and it's it's funny to me because it's it seems like it seems like she's an opportunist to me. Um, who is using her science as um, as as a way to be on the side that she thinks is safer for her and her daughter to be on. And in the end, we'll never see this character again. So Dan, who cares? It's just amusing to me. And one of the reasons why it's amusing to me is that since... So when I first watched this episode, I didn't like it. That review, I did like it. Watching it a third time here and reading my review, I can see exactly what I'm saying. If you keep your eye on Sam and you treat it as a rescue mission with some complications, 
it's a fun episode. Sam does a lot of fun, invisible stuff. In the end, there's a fun scene with a tank where he stops the army from attacking the helicopter with everyone in it, and there's fun stuff. But if you take it as a disappointment, after the show that this was, where we cared about Sam, we cared about Abby, we cared about Leonard... Abby's hardly in this, and Leonard's in basically a safe position throughout most of the episode. So this is basically the Sam show. It is disappointing. It isn't as much fun. Because we don't give a crap about Valerie. We don't give a crap about Nina. To be honest, the way the way to keep your focus is to keep your focus on Sam. A character we have grown to like over the TV movie and the last seven episodes. Because, yeah, Valerie and Nina we will never see again. And when Nina takes off running when they're about to cross the bar, and she's lied about there being a checkpoint, and then she takes off running so she can go back with this guy who is clearly sleazy and awful, um, you want to you wanna slap her the way the victor slaps her. Not, not condoning slapping fictional characters, but you want you want to just like, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. And uh, we, you kind of get what she's doing. The, 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 pro- the problem with this episode, too, is that since I've seen... It and reviewed it. I have watched the Six Million Dollar Man, and there's an episode. And the Six Million Dollar Man is, although I didn't start watching Six Million Dollar Man until after Gemini Man. Six Million Dollar Man is what I thought Gemini Man was going to be, a guy sent into new situations every week. And not every episode of Six Million Dollar Man is like this. If it was, I wouldn't enjoy it uh, as much. Um, but it's Steve Austin generally like every two out of three episodes are Steve Austin, Steve Austin being sent to some kind of mission, meets a bunch of new people, saves the day. And that's what this episode of Gemini Man is. And this is the first episode of the show like this. And there are only three left. So um, the show was something different for the majority of it. And the thing is, there's an episode of Six Million Dollar Man where Steve goes behind, uh, behind the Iron Curtain and rescues a scientist and his son who want to defect, and it's the same exact thing. The sun doesn't want to defect, the sun holds everything up, the sun causes problems, but in the end the sun is convinced to go and they get the hell out of there. It's the exact same thing, except the the, the agent, the American agent in Six Million Dollar Man is bionic, and the American agent in this one is invisible. Exact same thing. And there's something about the guy they're bringing over being an enemy scientist who wants to come over to our side that works better than a scientist who's on our side went over to their side, gave them top secret information treasonously, treason, and now wants to come back and we're going, sure, come on back. There, there's something about that that's overcomplicated and frankly, dumb. I think it's kind of a dumb thing. However, like I said, if you can get over, and, and maybe it's not, maybe this, I, I don't really know my Cold War espionage that well. So maybe this is something that happened all the time. Maybe, you know, there was, oh, oh, the Smiths, they went over to the, the Soviets, but now they want to come back. All right, come on back. You know, they gave them some really important secrets that could destroy our the world, uh, destroy, you know, our country, but um, we'll welcome them back. Welcome them back. You know, I mean, I think the thing they try to do here that makes it um, okay is that one, she has the antidote, um, and that two, they already had the nerve gas up there. So technically, she went there with the intent of giving them, but she didn't have to. It's, it's sort of like, okay, well, she didn't actually give them the thing. You know, it's like it's like if Jason Voorhees goes to someone's house or someone's cabin to kill them, 
and he finds everyone already dead as he's standing there with a machete, you know, and, and you know, maybe a, a harpoon gun or something. A spear gun, I don't know. Um, a, a harpoon gun, a harpoon. I thought they had harpoon, didn't... No, shut up. You know what I mean. You know, like, if... Does it does it make Jason less... He shows up to kill you and you're already dead. Because he was going to kill you. But you're dead, so he doesn't have to. So does it make her less of a treasonous person? That she showed up with this top secret stuff that she shouldn't have given to them. And they already have it. She's like, oh, well, you already have it. But they're going to use her anyway. You know, does that make her any less of, you know, a criminal? Um, I, I think that's what they're trying to convince us of. I'm not convinced in the end. I saw her as an opportunist who just wants what's best for her and her daughter, and she'll jump sides. She puts up this peace thing really strong. I would, I would bet you cash money that when she went over there, she probably already knew they had the nerve gas. The way, the way Leonard says it, it almost sounds like they, they already had it. It almost sounds like we already knew that they had it. So she went and did this because she felt like if she went over there, she, she would feel safer for her and her young child. And now she's got an older child, and she realizes that no, 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 it's going to be safer. For, I already said this. It's just, it's just, it's, it's so weird because you really have to. This third time through, I must have been really op feeling optimistic when I wrote that review because this third time through, for about the first half of the episode, I was annoyed. When the second half of the episode hits, I liked it. I like it more. And like I said, focus. I'm going to stop talking. Focus on Sam. And it's a fun action-adventure episode. It's not great, but it's fun. It uses his invisibility well. Um, whining and crying Nina, she's just annoying. In the end, she helps save the day with her archery skills, but whatever. And and, and the, the mom is whatever also. And Sam does his best to be congenial, and he's just there to do a job. But you also get the feeling that, okay, Nina, you've, you've now threatened my life, so you got to cut this out. And... Um, yeah, at the end of it, at the end of it, my opinion of this episode is in between my first viewing, where I disliked it for betraying what I felt was the concept behind the show. In between my second viewing of it, was it's a fun action adventure. Forget about all that. No, no, no. I, I, I suddenly now the third time through watching it, I can't forget all that. I, I sincerely can't forget all that. This was a show I really, really enjoyed, and this episode I'm struggling to enjoy it. Ben Murphy is great. Sam Casey is great. Everything else around it is getting on my nerves. Um, hopefully the next episode will pick up. I don't... Yes, I remember the next episode. Well, you know, we'll leave it open. Um, but this... this and, and the funny thing with this, though, is that we've only got three episodes left, and this is not the nadir of the show. This is not the bottom that the show hits. Um, it's not there yet. So this episode is... Okay, so I will give this episode, if I had to do out of ten... It would be a five. It would be a five. I, I um, For every bit of it I like, there's a bit of it that kind of makes me go, eh. So I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. And I, I, um, I, I don't mean to... to, to it's just like, like I, I've had this happen before. When when I've got a, something that I really love and then they do something where it's like, what? Why did they do that? I struggle sometimes with trying to figure out why I did that, and I tend to repeat myself. So I'm going to stop. That's the fourth time I've said I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop, and I that's the fifth time. And I will just say this, that whosoever, whoever was the hand model for Dr. Valerie there, when she releases the pigeons, 
the the homing pigeon they use look, look at look at dr valerie there when she takes the homing pigeon and then there's a close-up shot of her putting the message on the head the pigeon like letting the pigeon go that the hands of the person they use are clearly hands of a woman who's like 10 or 15 years older because suddenly i mean dr valerie there she's um i don't know she she so she's got like a 16 17 year old daughter there's no mention of a husband there's no mention of the daughter if she's been there 12 years and the daughter was presumably four or five when she went over but there's no mention of a husband or anything like that and presumably she was at the point where she was doing nerve gas i mean she she's got to be what i mean she she she's got to be what like in her mid 40s something like that but she doesn't look it she looks she 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 could be in her early she's in her early to mid 40s but the hands they show of like are like a woman in her 60s which is kind of amusing. Now that I think about the timeline of that, does that make sense? I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Uh, the next episode of this, I think, has Richard Jekyll in it. So that should be fun. And um, that's the end of this episode, everyone. Short episode. Uh, but we will be back next time uh, with uh, the fourth episode of Galactic 1980, the ninth episode of Gemini Man, and the season two episode one episode of Luke and Amanda is back. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Twitter, we're at eSuperTrain1. Facebook, it's eventually Super Train. Uh, you can email me at Danny Slacks at Yahoo.com and uh, eventually supertrain.blogspot.com with any comments or anything. So, uh, everyone, be good to yourselves. And yeah, watch this episode of Gemini Man. Watch it. I mean, it's funny. Both of these episodes, I would say, are five out of tens as they go. Maybe even a little lower than that. Uh, so, so watch these episodes. See what you think if you liked them more than I did. Uh, and, and if you, if you, if you liked them more than I liked them back in 2015, the Gemini Man episode, if you liked it more than I did back in 2015, where I really seemed to be all for it, I was surprised when I was reading the review because I don't remember liking it that much. And when I got to the point where I said I really liked it, I almost I almost stopped reading and had to pause, and, but I kept, up the, I kept it going. Let me play a little music, everyone, and we will be back with episode 150. Be good to yourselves. Talk to you next time.